The Business Buzz Podcast. The Business, the Business Buzz, Buzz with Mudiwa Mokshastas Gavaza. For the first time in 2021, we welcome you to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance, and economics news right here on Voice of Vits. That's VOW FM 88.1, broadcasting live from our studios in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Mdio Mob Justice Kabaza, and I'll be your host for today. Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated, and intrigued about the world of business. Now, it is this is our first show for the year and there's been a lot to you know to happen over the last couple of months um, our last show was about the first week of December and since then we went into the festive season and uh, with it we really saw uh, the full impact of the second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic and you know for many of us um, statistics you know suddenly started becoming names uh, not to say that uh, the pandemic hadn't been real uh, but the second wave really did, um, you know, take its toll on many different countries. We saw, you know, at some point, uh, you know, getting over 4,000 um, cases a day was a big issue. But during the festive season into January, we started seeing numbers ticking you know, as high as 13,000 new cases being recorded every day. And uh, this is just uh, hope and appeal uh, that everyone is keeping safe and doing everything in their power to make sure that they limit the spread and contact of this disease. Happy to say that uh, this week we did see the arrival of the first batch of doses coming into um, South Africa of the vaccine. And it's uh, really great news that we have reached that stage where we are talking about vaccination because when we were first went into lockdown uh, you know there wasn't even anything like that it was all uncertain we didn't know how long the lockdown would last for and for many businesses out there january people thought that people would be back in the office and life would return to normal but that has certainly not been the case Earlier this week, we did have uh, another batch of good news. Um, in addition to the entry of the vaccine into South Africa, we also had uh, what has become known as a family meeting where the president um, came on and gave us, you know, the state of affairs of the country in terms of the, the COVID-19, uh, but also took time to lift um, some of the restrictions, moving the curfew and also um, lifting the ban on alcohol, which is... Is, uh, you know going to help a lot of industries you know particularly the restaurant industries um, liquor stores and any other businesses uh, that trade in liquor to actually you know get back to business all of those supply chains people etc uh, certainly good news for many people in and around the country but one industry that's really taken a toll we often hear about what's going on with the airlines um, we hear about you know planes being grounded etc but bus companies, because um, of interprovincial travel and also cross-border travel being restricted over the last year, have really, really taken a, uh, a knock. And this week, we had the sad news that uh, Greyhound and Cityliner would be shutting down after 37 years in business. I remember growing up, uh, Greyhound was just always one of those uh, companies. You know, if you get into a Greyhound coach, it was a symbol of, um, you know, traveling in style. And uh, the other company to, you know, also signal that things are not well at the moment is Putco uh, that has also announced that it is retrenching over 200 employees. Now, with all of that, um, economies are down at the moment. But um, one of the things that's been interesting about this period is that stock markets in many parts of the world are on the rise. And that's what we're going to be talking about on today's business buzz. Um, how can you get in on the action and should you be getting in on the action and uh, to help us to unpack these issues we're going to be talking to um, some experts who'll be hearing from uh, Warren Ingram who is uh, the co-founder of Galileo Capital about the importance of investing and how to get started and then after that we'll talk to Simon Brown who is the founder of Just One Lab um, about how to pick companies and which stocks to invest in and you know the processes that can actually help you to make some of those decisions. Also coming up, we're going to be getting into the business wrap. That's where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending
morning business and economics news and also getting into the buffalo index where we tell you the state of your 100 rand remember that you can join into the discussion uh, talk to us let us know what you're thinking feeling about everything that we're discussing on facebook we have our fm that's voice of vits and then you can find our other facebook page that is the vits radio academy on twitter we're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz you can also stream the station live on VARFM.co.za and remember that podcasts of uh, the business buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za in addition to iono.fm apple podcasts together with uh, google podcasts so that's how the show is looking like make sure you don't turn that down on the other side of this we get into the business wrap business wrap with ken sweatman Welcome back to the Business Buzz. And for today, uh, we are looking at what's going on in the world of investing. But before we do that, uh, we actually want to get a handle of what's going on um, in the economy and the markets. Uh, these are things that feed into um, investment decisions, you know, for many out there. And uh, for today's business wrap, we are joined for the first time in 2021 um, by our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, um, on the line. Ken, uh, Greetings to you for the first time in 2021. Thank you very much, and the same to you as well, and to your listeners, of course. Now, thank you so much, as always, uh, you know, for for joining us. I think for this week, uh, you know, the petrol price, um, it was a relatively quiet, quiet week. Uh, but the biggest news of the week was, uh, you know, some news around uh, the petrol price. Can you tell us what's going on on that front? Yes, of course. Unfortunately, it's never good news when the fuel goes up so sharply. Over 80 cents a litre for petrol, and uh, I think it was around 58 cents a litre for diesel. And this just reflects through all aspects of the economy. It affects each and every one of us. If you have your own motor vehicle, it's going to cost you um, probably around 50 rand more to fill your tank of fuel. If you use public transport, it's always an excuse for the taxis, the buses, and so on to put up their fares. and then the cost of transport of goods, invariably, it's an excuse for food prices to go up because, as we've discussed before in your show, most goods in South Africa are transported by road. And the increased fuel costs increase the transport of the goods, and it all feeds through to us, the consumer, at the end of the day. At a time when, of course, the, the average consumer is probably under more financial pressure than ever before. But the reason is simple. The big people ask, why has the fuel price gone up? Well, it's fairly simple. The, the price of Brent crude oil has increased sharply in the last month trading pretty close to $60 a barrel and it's been down below 30 at one point um, very good if you own Cecil shares not so good if you're putting fuel into your car though, unfortunately yeah. I like that very good if you own Cecil shares but not if you're putting fuel into your car uh, the other thing that's happened this week um, we had a family meeting uh, where the president actually reduced uh, some of the restrictions, you know, a little bit, um, increasing, um, you know, the the curfew time from about 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. And um, what was the other thing? Uh, yes, the big one, um, alcohol sales. I think that's what a lot of people actually tuned into the family meeting for. Uh, what do you make of uh, the pronouncements and, uh, I guess, um, impact going forward? Well, you, you, you mentioned it. The biggest impact will be the alcohol sales. Uh, you know, we, we, we seem to forget, yes, we all understand why, why they stopped the alcohol sales, so there would be less trauma cases in, in the hospitals so they could deal with COVID. But the, the alcohol is a huge business in, in this country. Um, not only for those of us who buy a, a case of beer or a bottle of wine for our homes, but also in the, in the entertainment industry, the restaurant industry. And it's a big part of, of all our culture. You, you can't imagine standing around a braai without without a beer or a drink in your hand. So, um, and also, of course, we mustn't forget that there is a big what we call syntax on alcohol. There's quite a chunk of what we pay for our alcohol that goes into the government fiscus. So, while it's not being sold, the government is in fact not collecting any any of the so-called syntaxes. So, so that alone, to, to get the bottle stores open again, albeit at restricted trading times, and to get more people back into our restaurants and our taverns and our bars. They, 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 this is a part of the economy that has really, really, really suffered. 
support. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a huge boost to that industry, and, and I hope those of us who can will support the, the the restaurant and the entertainment industry and and help them get back on their feet. And because it's a, as I said, a huge part of the economy, and of course a huge employer as well. And hopefully this has saved a, a number of jobs going forward, sir. Now we definitely hope uh, that it's uh, that the lifting of some of these restrictions has indeed, um, you know, helped some of those operators to increase uh, their business, and we should do our part to support them. But speaking about uh, the, some of the syntaxes that you made reference to um, when it comes to the alcohol industry, I'm sure these are some of the issues that uh, Finance Minister Tito Mboweni is going to have to be grappling with as he uh, gets ready to. To present um, the country's budget uh, towards the end of this month. Correct. Yes, the budget is scheduled for uh, it's a twenty Wednesday, the twenty fourth of February. So it's uh, about, about three weeks away, just under three weeks away. And I have no doubt that Tito Mboweni is at hard at work in, in presenting what is going to be, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, the most challenging budget that any finance minister in this country has ever had to deal with. Uh, and we seem to say that every year, but we're sitting, he's sitting grappling with a situation where there's no economic growth. In fact, there's an economic decline at the moment. The government has got more debt than it's ever had before. It's, it's, it's borrowing money to balance its books. There's more unemployment than we've ever had before. And of course, high unemployment, businesses going out of business, businesses not making money means less tax collection. We were already a very highly taxed nation, not only on income tax, but we've got to remember that we all pay 15% VAT on everything we buy and we, we pay uh, a, a, a tax every time we stay in a hotel. We pay a tax when we import goods. We, we are taxed in every which way but loose. And he has very little room, in my opinion, to increase taxes. So how he's going to budget and how he's going to balance the books, uh, I have to be honest with you, I'm, I'm at a bit of a loss and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what the minister comes up with. Um, unfortunately, I think one area he may be looking at is increasing VAT again. Um, but that's just a personal view. I've got no inside knowledge of that, I'm afraid. <laughs> Well, let's see what he has to do and what options are available to him because um, a lot of the reallocation happened last year. So right now he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. So that's been it uh, for this uh, business wrap. Thank you so much, Ken, for giving us some insight into the week's top trending business and economics news, uh, letting us know what's going on um, in terms of uh, the recent fuel price increase, um, uh, the recent lifting of uh, restrictions, especially the alcohol ban and uh, you know the supporting industries uh, that would have suffered uh, because of it and then just some thoughts around the upcoming budget uh, that's uh, said to be presented on the 24th of February by Finance Minister Tito Mboweni. On the other side of this we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. In our Buffalo Index, we look at what your 100 Rand can do for you. And for today, we are looking at uh, what it is uh, to get educated in terms of um, investments. How can you up your investment knowledge game? Uh, because that's uh, the main topic for today, um, how to get involved in the stock market. And uh, some of the ways that you can do that is uh, by attending online courses. And we decided to favor online courses simply because of what's going on with COVID-19, lockdowns, etc. You know, working from home, working from home, this has become um, a way of life for many people around the world. So if you're looking to up your knowledge game on the investment side, you can turn to Udemy, which is an online education platform. Uh, this is a recommendation from Investopedia. And you can look at two particular courses. Uh, the first one is called the Stock Market from Scratch, uh, which costs about uh, 95 US dollars or 14 buffaloes at a cost of uh, about 1,425 rand. Another one uh, is the ultimate uh, stock market investing, how to how to uh, learn how to value stocks and that costs about um, half the price or seven and a half buffaloes. You know, let's make it eight buffaloes at 750 rand. Uh, so that's something, you know, for the biggest, for the beginners and then on the other side is for the people that uh, consider themselves a little bit more 
like pros. And then uh, on the local front, you can also turn to some of the options. Um, Just One Lab, which is an education platform uh, for people that want to learn about investing. We're actually going to be talking uh, to the founder of that company later on in the show so you can hear, you know, how they go about, uh, you know, the frameworks about how do they, you know, teach you to invest in in companies and stocks and things like that. Uh, But that's another alternative. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we get into the main topic. You don't have to be a liker to like things. So like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. FRFM in brackets, voice of this. <laughs> More justice on the business bars. We are talking about uh, investing here on, uh, you know, our first edition of the business bars for 2021. And, you know, on the retail side, very, you know, interesting things have been going on in and around the investment world. Uh, 2020, we saw, you know, many rallies, um, especially in technology, but, you know, many crashes at the same time. But, uh, you know, for you as an individual investor, what does all of this mean and what could it potentially mean uh, to help us to weigh in on, um, you know, ways in which you and I can get in on the action. We are joined by Warren Ingram, who is uh, the co-founder of Galileo Capital. Warren, greetings to you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I think a good place for us to start before we get into how we um, get in on the action. Galileo Capital, what are you guys, you know, specializing in? We're a, uh, a wealth management business, so we we uh, the bulk of what we do is to help people uh, make you know better, smarter money decisions, especially in difficult times. Uh, and I guess this classifies as difficult times. Um, and and we you know we generally provide uh, investment focus on what we do, so we're not a, a business that worries about things like selling your life insurance and all that. Uh, you know, we're, we're a bunch of investment propeller heads who. We like to look at the world and find places for people to make money in a reasonable, reasonably safe way. I guess that's the, the short answer. Well, you know, following on from that, uh, for for normal, you know, people um, out there sitting and uh, given everything that's going on, why should the average average South African actually consider investing um, in the stock market at the moment? You know, pros and cons. Are there really pros at the moment, and how can they actually get started? So I think it. Uh, I think the answer is that there are there are always reasons for us to avoid investing and for us to be scared of of stock markets uh, and and to find better uses for our money, especially in the short term. But uh, but the reality is, if you want to allow your money to work while you're sleeping and uh, allow your money to grow while you're working, uh, th- th- then th- the only way to do that is to be an investor. As well as someone who, who works, and 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 to me, if I'm going to be an investor, I'm not going to waste my time investing in cash and money market accounts and those kinds of things because the growth rates on those are awful. Uh, you know, generally over long periods of time, cash will grow at about the same rate as 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 inflation, and if you pay any kind of tax, then you're doing worse than inflation. So, so to me, if I'm going to be an investor. I'm going to make sure that I'm in, I'm in assets that are going to grow at a much faster rate than inflation. And and over the last uh, probably 150 years, the best place to beat inflation by the most amount of money has been the stock market. Uh, and, and, you know, before we, we feel too depressed about South Africa, uh, and especially the JSE, you know, the, the thing to understand about the JSE is it's one of the top three performing stock exchanges in the world over the last 100, 110 years. So you know we shouldn't get too depressed about what happened uh, on our on our share market over the last let's say three or four years because you know that's just part of the cycle and cycles turn and then all of a sudden we see growth again and and then we get FOMO because we feel like we've missed out on the growth because we were sitting on the sidelines holding our money in cash. So so to me, if if you look at how the world's wealthy have built their money over long periods of time. A big chunk of that has been in the stock market, and so so I think that it, it's it's not. I'm not saying it's a no-brainer, but it's one of the smartest smartest decisions people will make is to is to start investing in the stock market and start to do it as early as possible for as long as possible. And, and how, you know, 
Sorry, uh, sorry to uh, cut you off there, but I was just going to say, following on from what you're saying, uh, for people that are listening and are saying, okay, fine, Warren is making some fair points, but how do I actually begin? I, I think it's uh, it always seems daunting and you know like re- really intimidating uh, to, to start investing, especially when we talk about shares and then you start to to read anything on, uh, I guess nowadays Reddit or anything like that. It becomes quite frightening, but. But I think there's a very simple way. And, and to me, the easiest way for someone to build up a portfolio is uh, in, in a thing called an index tracker or an exchange traded fund. So, so just to explain that jargon, uh, if, you, if you look at South Africa, there is a way to buy the 40 biggest companies on the stock exchange by buying one simple investment. And, and that's called a, a top 40 uh, ETF, exchange traded fund. Um, and you can do that with, with amounts of money as small as 50 bucks. Um, and it's certainly not a product that I sell or it's not mine, so I'm not going to make any money by telling you this, but, but uh, you can go to a platform like Easy Equities uh, and, and you, know, you, can, I mean, you can start an account with, you know, as I say, 50 bucks and you can you know, put in 50 bucks every time you've got some money. Uh, obviously, you can put in a lot more money than that, but, but to me, you know, if you just started by, by opening an account and putting in uh, you know, money into something like the, the, the Satrix Top 40 Exchange Traded Fund, uh, you, you could do a lot worse with your money than that. And, and, you know, as I say, you're buying the 40 biggest companies on the stock exchange. So you're buying some mining houses, you're buying some, uh, you know, luxury goods um, uh, manufacturers, you're buying uh, NASPAS, which is the owner of, uh, you know, Tencent, you know, one of the very biggest tech companies in the world. So, so you're getting really good exposure to banks, uh, insurance companies, all of that, and you're buying it with one investment. Um, and as I say, you know, it's it's not it's not the place only for for the super rich because you can start with fifty bucks. So, so I think that that's probably the most cost effective way for someone to start an investment portfolio with a small amount of money, where you're not getting ripped off by high fees or some agents, you know, charging you big upfront commissions or something like that. And people have made really big money by just being you know being invested in one simple thing. So, so I think that's a great place to start. Um, you know, as you're talking right now, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, that perception because you did say just now that you don't need to have a lot of money. You can even just start with 50, um, with 50 bucks to just invest on the exchange. Why do you think that mentality still, uh, pervades? We've actually had, um, the CEO of Purple Group on the show before and uh, Purple Group is the one that actually runs and operates easy equities and it sounds like you know platforms like that are doing a lot to reduce the cost of getting into the market but you know from your purview why do you think uh, those mentalities are still there where people still think you need a lot of money to um, invest when there's so many products that are allowing people to invest with small amounts of money i think it's it's probably a historical thing and and it comes from two angles so the one is that the financial services market in South Africa for a long time, uh, you know, probably 50 years, was uh, you know was a place where they encouraged you to buy products and they encouraged you, you know, if you if you didn't have a lot of money, they they really wanted you just to buy a retirement annuity or a unit trust and and not to worry too much about shares. Um, and shares were were basically only bought through stockbrokers who charged you quite a lot of money and and were rather intimidating, uh, unfriendly people to deal with. Uh, but, but, you know, that's the one side of the history of, of, of the product market in South Africa. But the other side is just the history of South Africa, I guess. You know, there, there are kind of an, an, there's an entirely new generation of savers and investors whose parents have no history with money uh, in, in, the, in the kind of formal investing market. And so, you know, if, 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 you, if you grow up in an environment where your parents and grandparents were excluded from formal savings and formal investments, then I believe it's a hugely intimidating place to to approach. You know, if you m- most of us learn quite a lot about money from our parents. You know, and if, and if your you know if your parents weren't in the formal investment market, then asking them about investing in a share, you're not likely to get a, you know a very warm response, right? Because because you know that's going to be intimidating for parents and grandparents. So so we've got a, you know probably one and a half generations of people now that are entering the market and and having to learn. A lot for themselves from scratch, from zero, uh, and and so I think it's you know you know it's the two things arriving at the same time. You know, it's the South African legacy of of apartheid, I guess, 
and also then, then just the product market here, which has been un, unfriendly to private investors for a very long time. Uh, but fortunately, as you say, you know, the, the, the product providers have changed. There are new ones entering the market all the time that are very tech, tech savvy, uh, very keen to, to make investments approachable, uh, doing a lot around financial education. You know, and there are lots of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to put myself in that bracket, but lots of us that are trying hard to, to write books and, uh, you know, do podcasts and blogs and those kinds of things to make investing seem less intimidating and, and more approachable for investors. So, so I think the time is right for private investors in South Africa again, you know, smaller investors. I guess coupled with, uh, you know, that issue of uh, the historical, you know, some of the historical imbalances and also the structure of financial services, uh, industries, high fees, all of those things that you've just mentioned is the jargon, you know, surrounding um, investing. In fact, at the start of uh, this conversation, you actually um, went into some detail to explain, um, you know, what an index tracker is and, you know, that type of thing for people that do want to get to know um, what some of these, uh, you know, what of some of these words mean, um, equity and, you know, markets and the close and the short and, you know, long and, you know, all of those things. How can people, um, do you advise as a good way for people to get started on that journey? I think there are probably a couple of reasons. So, so one, one which is free is, you, you know, um, Use the, use the internet. You know, there's things like Investopedia, which which I guess is the investment version of, of Wikipedia. Uh, and, and it provides a lot of explanations on what these terms mean, what, you know, explaining the jargon in a, hopefully in a fairly simple way. Um, and, and there are a lot of, of the big sort of financial websites, uh, you know, that, that do quite a bit nowadays to, to provide some, some education. There are lots of, uh, you know, talking heads that provide YouTube channels and uh, and podcasts that you can that you can listen to to, to help you with that. Um, and then you know, I, I mean, good old radio. You know, if if radio was developed today, I think it would probably be the next big thing in in, in transferring information to millions of people at the same time at very low cost. Uh, and and so you know, you can't you can't ignore radio. And 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 then I think you can, you know, if you've got a little bit of money, and I'm saying a little bit of money is kind of two, three, four hundred bucks, you know, don't be afraid to buy some books, um, you know, whether they're physical books or e-books on, on investing. You know, there are quite a few South African authors that are, that are now writing about uh, personal finances uh, and, 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 and teaching people about money. And so, you know, there's certainly uh, good, good authors out there. I'm, I'm trying not to sound like I'm punting myself because I've written a couple of books, but, but there are some other South African authors out there as well that have done you know, good work on this. I think a good place for us to uh, maybe end off uh, is maybe getting a sense uh, for those that do want to start that journey and are saying, okay, fine, guys, uh, Warren sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I'm keen to get my hands on his books. Um, what are some titles, you know, that you would uh, recommend to young people? Because our audience is university students and a lot of young professionals. So, so I'll, I'll start with one that's got a really controversial title. What, what wasn't my book. But manage your money like an effing grown-up, um, and, and th- that's written by Sam Beck Bessinger, uh, and and you know really um, you know I guess it's aimed at young people trying to explain the principles uh, and 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 some of the jargon and some of the the game plans that people can that, that they can implement for themselves. Um, I, I wrote a book called uh, How to Become Your Own Financial Advisor, um, and. And, you know, I kind of update that every few years now, and that's really designed to try and get people to, uh, you know, to, to, with no financial knowledge, to get them going to explain what's, uh, what, what are things like unit trust and exchange traded funds and then some game plans as to how you can manage your money. So, so I think those are, are two good, uh, good ones. Then one of my favorite very old books that, that uh, was written, uh, I think, in the, seven, in, in the 1970s is called The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, you know, not an expensive book and, and really worth, uh, w- worth reading. Um, and if you've, if you've got a little bit of money left over after that, then uh, th- there's a, another great book called The Secret Millionaire, which, which I think is, is really worth, worth reading. So there are four book recommendations for, for, for people who want to start. 
So that's been us with uh, Warren Ingram, who is uh, the co-founder of Galileo Capital, and he was just giving us some insight into what the world of investing is looking like at the moment and how uh, you and I can get um, started in the world of um, investing, particularly on the stock market. He's saying that historically the returns that we get uh, from the stock market um, have you know, outpaced um, other forms of investment, but he's also just saying that uh, you know, times have changed and there's been a lot of democratizing of the markets where you don't necessarily need to be an oil baron or tech billionaire to be investing in the market. You can get in for as little as 50 rand just depending on the platform um, that you choose. He's also an author, you know, talking about, uh, you know, some of his book recommendations, uh, including his own title uh, called, uh, am I correct in saying how to become your own financial advisor? Absolutely. Yes. And uh, another book that he recommends, which I've personally read, is The Richest Man in Babylon. So that's been it on the other side of this. We continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. COVID Watch on the Business Buzz. In our COVID Business Watch, we look at the impact of COVID-19 on various businesses in and around South Africa. And uh, for today, um, our producer, Slyn Lemsibi, spoke to um, Twana Nogodi, who is uh, from uh, Bushbuck Ridge in um, Pumalanga, uh, who is currently based here in uh, Johannesburg. He is uh, the director of Ntwanano Group, uh, which produces Ntwanano Gin and Ntwanano Wines. Uh, he has a master's degree uh, from uh, UNISA and actually mentors young entrepreneurs in his spare time. We asked him, how has COVID-19 affected your business? What measures did you put in place uh, to ensure your business survives until the South African economy picks up. Here's what he had to say. Hey beautiful people, it's your boy Donano Godi, aka the Lucky Therapist. I'm a director of Ntonano Group, which brought you guys the beautiful beverages, Ntonano Gin, as well as Ntonano Wines. Uh, so just a bit of background about me and the business. Um, so we, we've been around the block um, in terms of research and the work that we've done. Uh, I started a couple of years ago, dating back to about uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, but we launched our first product in March 2019. And of course, being in a space... Um, that involves, uh, you know, beverages. There's obviously a lot of challenges. There is a lot of uh, barriers to entry, and um, there's not a lot of, um, you know, people of color uh, that play in that space uh, that you can easily get access to, or they can serve as your mentors. Um, so it is, it is a predominantly um, white on business um, there's a lot of uh, foreign businesses that plays into that market uh, so yeah the, it, it's not something that you know um, it's easy to get into you need a lot of passion you need a lot of capital you need a lot of support you need a great team behind you and i believe in Toronto group we are blessed with that we we are a team of um, young and vibrant individuals uh, that seeks to, you know, break into, uh, you know, any form of areas that that we 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 think we deserve to play in, or in space that we feel that we need to play in. Uh, so, yeah, having said that, um, we are we are quite passionate about what we do. We have a clear-cut vision of what we want to achieve. Uh, our mission and vision that are clearly articulated um, and we are in the process of executing that um, and yeah being being in the in the beverage space uh, and with all the challenges that were faced you know uh, across the globe with the COVID-19 pandemic we also found ourselves um, in a very very awkward position uh, being a fairly new brand, uh, we couldn't 
when um, the president of the country uh, announced that we, we are going to go on, on lockdown, um, you know, a lot of businesses took a knock. Uh, and unfortunately, we, 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 were, we were hit hard as well um, because we had to close operations. And as a fairly new business, we, we, we were in a space where we were trying to, to get this baby on board, we were trying to get this baby into the, into, into the market, we were trying to get this baby into the people, we were trying to introduce this. We had a severe marketing plan on hand. And all of that had to come into 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 a halt. Um, and obviously, with with a lot of capital being invested into the business, uh, once you stop operating, technically that means that uh, that investment is going to be stuck in there, and you're not going to see returns in the near future. Uh, so it was a very difficult moment. It is still a very difficult moment. But, you know, we had to devise other means. Um, and unfortunately, alcohol was one of the, one of the main um, industries that was hit hard. And we were also extremely affected by that. But what we did was to, you know, also use that opportunity as a breather and to also review our plans and also to explore other uh, marketing plans, other marketing avenues, uh, expanding on the digital platforms. Even though we could not sell the alcohol, but we continued to talk to the right people, talk to the relevant um, people that we needed to, to bring into the brand, but also uh, tried to, you know, um, act or capitalize, you know, on the digital space. Because when everybody's stuck at home, Everybody, you know, it's online. Everybody is in the digital space. Everybody is, uh, you know, on their phones all the time. So that was the best time for us to also just market the product. Even though, you know, when you market the product like that and people want access to the BEV and you can give them the BEV and uh, you can tell them where to get it uh, or to order, but obviously uh, the deliveries will only have to happen after the lockdown. It was a bit of a, of a concern and a challenge on our end. Uh, however, we had to, to make sure that the brand awareness continues, the adverts uh, continues in all our social media platforms. But yeah, it was, it was a very difficult time, I must say. Um, we're, still, we're still feeling the knock-on effects of such, um, of such a lockdown. But if yeah, if there's any advice that I can give to uh, to businesses, um, you know, or young people, or entrepreneurs, or upcoming entrepreneurs, or entrepreneurs wanna be, uh, is that um, you know it has to start with the passion, um, and you must always, always uh, be be prepared, you know. Um, in many cases, there is a lot of unforeseen things, and uh, and I think uh, the pandemic has taught a lot of us that uh, one day you can be on top of the world, and the following day you could be on the other side. You know, so things don't always uh, you know go well in business. Things are not always gloom and gloom. Uh, sometimes things will go south, and when they do. You should be prepared for that, and by that I mean that you need, you need to, to always devise a couple of strategies that uh, will sustain the business and, and make sure that you know you give it your all. Uh, in our case, like I said, we had to uh, capitalize on the digital space uh, to market the product, but uh, you know when the passion is there, when the drive is there. And you're making sure that you 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 remain true to the dream. Um, you will have to find ways. You have to 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 make a plan to keep the business afloat. Yeah. So with that, uh, I'll say, and where you can, also try to 
to renegotiate your things. Don't wait until um, you know things get you know extremely bad. If you've got uh, investors on board, even though they will know what's going on, but take the initiative to talk to them. Um, if you've got clients that you could not deliver to them certain products and services before um, a certain announcement is made, still do keep you know people in touch. We all human people do understand that uh, certain things do happen, especially unforeseen. Um, events like uh, the COVID-19 but do keep those relationships going do check up on your clients do talk to your suppliers you know keep in touch with your customers make sure your clients are also aware of what's going on and uh, yeah and also explore other means you know of, of keeping the business afloat um, like in this case there were a lot of government initiatives um, and also just, just try to tap into that and read a lot, you know, expand on the knowledge. Um, you know, most of these opportunities actually come in the midst of all these challenges. So, you know, as much as the economy has been hit hard, a lot of businesses have been hit hard, but if you look around, you also realize that these have also presented a lot of opportunities. Um, so sometimes you need to be uh, wise enough uh, to come up with a, a complete turnaround strategy for your business or to start exploring other avenues of trading or other avenues of doing business or other avenues of, of production or other avenues of selling or other avenues of maintaining relationships. And, you know, with all of that, um, and still, I mean, the fact that people are logged out or logged in or logged down and that doesn't mean that the business does not happen um uh, uh, 90% of my business is now happen online um via visual platforms and and it is what it is so we don't have to uh, you know drive and see people i know at times there are businesses that you want to have that look and feel you want to talk to a person next to you, but this is the new normal. So adjust, adapt, or die. Yeah, signing out. It's your boy, Antonano Godi, a.k.a. The Liquid Therapist. Uh, we are available on all social media platforms at Antonano Gin as well as Antonano Wines. Uh, you can also check our online store www.ntwananogene.co.za as well as www.ntwananowines.co.za You will get all our contact details on all our social media platforms. You can DM us, you can email us, you can call our offices, you can order uh, your jeans or, wine, or your wines online. Or you can talk to call our offices, and there's gonna be people readily, you know, available to assist you. Check our products, enjoy our products. You know, it's internal to the world. Signing out. Keep well. Let's get it. Forget what the little buddy told you. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us at Power FM and join the conversation. You're tuned in to the business bus. Welcome back to the business buzz. We are talking about uh, what it means to be an investor um, in the stock market and, you know, is it even worth it uh, to be investing at the moment? And uh, just before the break, you heard us, we were in discussion uh, with the team at Galileo Capital just hearing about, you know, some of the basics of um, investment and how, you know, people can get into it. But right now we want to maybe focus on some of the things that people can do, um, you know, to go about either educating themselves or, you know, doing the right thing because everyone always wants to know how do I pick the right stocks. So to sort of uh, help us to, um, you know, unpack um, on this part of the show, we're joined by Simon Brown, who is the founder of Just One Lab, an investment education platform. Uh, Simon, um, greetings to you. Uh, evening. Always, always a pleasure. 
Um, I think uh, a good place for us to start in terms of, uh, you know, our chat, because, you know, our focus is on the fact that right now we hear a lot um, around uh, the stock market, even though we're in this, you know, uh, economic depression around the world, you know, stock markets, um, you know, whether locally, but more internationally in the United States seem to just be rising further and further. So um, our first question is just ask stocks the new lottery tickets you know because lately we've seen uh, exponential you know growth and in interest from retail investors especially with this GameStop story uh, that's recently happened so are people just getting onto a bandwagon you know what's actually going on here <laughs> so I mean certainly you know to the question when you said is is investing a, a lottery um my answer would have been well gamestop certainly seems to indicate that fact but gamestop in, in of itself and and, and there's a, a, a certain bunch of circumstances that sort of all came together at the same point in time to 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 create the phenomenon which which was and and to a degree uh, still is game gamestop um and and that's you know it's not completely uncommon it's happened before it'll happen again but i think it's it, it belies the, the bigger picture to 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 think that that is that is the market it's grabbing the headlines but i mean to your to your comment up front i mean what we've seen in in markets uh in the us uh and even in south africa has very much been well what's being built as a k-shaped recovery and what i mean by that is we've got some stocks which have done incredibly well and they're the top leg of the k and in the U.S., that has been tech stocks, uh, Zoom, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft. Um, an astounding stat coming out of, or out of Amazon. You know, the, the online sales in the U.S. was increasing at about 1% a year, you know, taking market share from the traditional bricks and mortar uh, outlets there. Um, and what we saw in 2020 was a leap forward where essentially it grabbed 8% of market share in a single year. We get why lockdown. We couldn't go to the shops. We we started buying all sorts of things online that we had never bought before. Um, but that does mean that Amazon has effectively picked up close to a decade of growth in a single year. So this justification to some of those tech stocks prices absolutely booming. Now the phrase we use is priced for perfection. Um, you know that they, they really are absolutely perfectly priced. And what I mean by that is is that they've They've priced in good news and not just the good news of the end of the pandemic and the vaccine process, which is, you know, ongoing and will take a year or so. They've priced in the next three or four years of good news. But that's been our top leg of the cake. The bottom leg has very much been leisure stocks, uh, uh, you know, whether it be holidays or cruises or restaurants. Um, and they've been massively struggling. So the, the, the run in the markets has to a degree been justified and, and, and makes some sense if you view it through that, that, that sort of K-shaped recovery. Locally, the, the top leg of the K has been our mining stocks. Uh, we've got commodities doing incredibly well, uh, gold, uh, 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 platinum group metals, uh, coal, etc. Uh, and that's pulled our market up. Uh, and the bottom leg of our K has, the same in, in, as other parts of the world, it's been leisure, uh, it's been parts of the the, the, the property uh, space, and, and to a degree, uh, banks. Although they they kind of in the middle, they've sort of lagged. So, the, the run in the market, when when you stand back and look at it from that sense, does make some sense. Even though it, it intuitively you think to yourself, you know, pandemic, stock market hitting all time highs, makes no sense. As you're talking, I'm just wondering about how do people. Because, you know, the next obvious question is always how do people go about picking the right stocks? And, you know, as you're talking about Amazon, one can't help but to imagine that there is an element of, you know, sort of thinking about life logically to say that um, in a pandemic, people are sitting at home, they can't go to shops, you know, so possibly they're going to be shopping online more. Who is providing online services? Possibly Amazon. Who's likely to benefit? Possibly, you know, that sort of thing. So would you say that's maybe a, a framework that people can use when thinking about picking 
stocks because I think, you know, we have this get rich quick um, mentality when it comes to the stock market. People think it's uh, a casino or something like that. But when it comes to, you know, doing it in a sober way, is that a framework to use? I think you're you're 100% right. I mean, as you say, a lot of outsiders do look at the stock market, do think it's a casino, they think it's a lotto, they see GameStop, they kind of think that proves it to a degree. But in truth, investing broadly is is, is really just a large amount of of some common sense. And it's very easy for me and you to be chatting uh, and and instill that common sense. It's a lot harder when we're putting our hard-earned money on the table, uh, when we've got, you know, crazy things happening outside, you know, first time in a century, major pandemics and the like. But it is often asking yourself, to your example, okay, so we're in lockdown, uh, but we still need to, to, to buy certain goods. There's some things we don't need to buy. We're not necessarily buying a new motor vehicle because we're going to be tr- driving less because we're at home. But we are going to need goods. Well, who are those? You know, how do they get to us? Who are those providers? Um, Zoom, the utility we're using right now. You know, most people had never heard of Zoom a year ago, but suddenly it's how do I connect with people? Well, I need to connect digitally. And, and there's many ways. You know, WhatsApp can do video. There's other Zoom competitors. Microsoft has got Teams, um, and Citrix, and, and many, many others. But you sit down and you start to think, make no mistake, the pandemic is, is changing things. And, and it's going to be, you know, a, a number of years before we are completely through that process. But what is going to be the outcomes during that pandemic? And what will society broadly look like post that pandemic and we can make some some fairly simple observations none of which are are, are rocket science but all of which start help us to 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 make those decisions as to what we should be investing in where we should be investing and 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 how we should be investing and then as a follow-up you know maybe to that um when people are looking at these things should they just be considering it within their local market um, as to say, okay, fine, um, you know, as I'm thinking about these problems, um, should I just be looking at uh, who are the local providers? Maybe it's take a lot, maybe it's uh, whoever it is, or do I broaden out, um, you know, my thought process to be like, huh, which international companies uh, to think about? I guess in a nutshell, this then comes to, you know, on a retail level, you know, should people, you know, just confine themselves to SA or, you know, if they can, you know, look to diversify U.S. stocks, etc. I think we do need to take a, a global view. And I'll be honest, what I do, you know, I have uh, uh, investments into the U.S., but, but I use what we call exchange-traded funds. And what that means is I buy a, a single counter on the JSE, um, and it effectively goes and buys the one I buy. It buys 1,200 of the largest companies in the world. And that's because... You know, it, it's firstly that the, there are probably 20,000 investable shares in the world. And, and that is simply too much for an average person to manage, particularly if investing is, is not your career, if it's something you, you do sort of almost as a side hustle, as, as, as a hobby. So I use that exchange-traded fund that gives me a basket of, of global stocks. Um, and then I'm able to, to focus down. And what I'm trying to do, those ETFs are, are what I would call the core of my portfolio, and they will rise and fall as do global markets. And over the long term, they will rise, and they will also get the benefit of of any currency weakness because I buy them in rands. But of course, those companies are in North America, Western Europe, Japan, and the like, so they're euros, dollars, yen, and the like. And then I buy individual stocks in the JSC, which I'm trying to sort of find the the winners and and not short term winners, but we're talking investing here. So you know, winners over years. If you get it really well, winners over decades. If we look at the the the, the Capitec story, um, and and in the South African space, I mean, what we do have is is truthfully a very small market, but maybe 300 investable shares on the market, um, and and a lot of categories that that simply doesn't exist. You mentioned uh, take a lot. Uh, you know, owned by the, the NASPA subsidiary, but it's so tiny within that. So we don't really have uh, any sort of online businesses that we could buy who do online delivery, uh, sort of an Amazon type of, of competitor. So we are in some points restricted, 
But then we get other opportunities. We've got some you know, world-class banks and, and mining opportunities. Uh, we've got some you know, great property and, and, and the like. So there's other bits that we can pick up on. Um, but for me, it's a case of you know, those 20,000-odd shares is, is just too large a universe. And even though, you know, my day job is, is in the markets, it, it, I just, you know, people who, who actively manage uh, a client money in a global sphere, they will use processes as well to try and reduce that universe of 20,000 and turn it into something that is, that is more manageable for them to, to, to invest into. You know, as you're talking, the other thing that then comes to mind is what do you say to people that um, have that notion that investment should be left to professionals, that uh, the common man should, uh, you know, not worry themselves about what, what's going on in the market. They should just let, um, I guess, pension funds do it on their behalf, etc. leave it to the experts. What do you say to that? So I don't have an objection to the experts per se. My objection to the experts is quite simply that oftentimes they charge a fairly chunky price for, for the service they provide, and truthfully, they don't actually do very much. And, and, and my measure is quite simple. Is you know, Let's say the market is returning 10% on, year per, on, on average per year. Take that as an example. Um, I'm paying these investment experts to essentially do better than that 10% because I can get the 10% quite simply by buying those exchange-traded funds that I mentioned a moment ago. Are they actually delivering me a return ahead of 10%? Are they worth the money that I'm paying? Um, and in, in many cases, I mean, the evidence is, is simply not. Uh, Standard & Poor Dow Jones, which is one of the largest uh, index providers in the world. And an index is just a way of, of measuring the return of a market in its totality or a substrata of that market. They do the research, which shows that broadly over the long term, only about 15% of those experts actually beat the market, which means your odds of picking one of them uh, who, after you've paid them their fees, delivers you a return ahead of that 10% that the market has done is frankly quite slim. That also then plays into the, the follow-up, which is then, well, what chance do we as an individual have of being able to, to, to do something which the experts can't? And, and, and that's a perfectly valid question. And part of the answer to that would be, well, we don't. So stop trying and just go and buy those exchange-traded funds we've mentioned. But there are some benefits which as a, as a private investor we have over the, the professionals. And, and two of them, and they're quite important ones, is that my time horizon is very different. A professional is having to report uh, on a monthly basis and detailed reporting on a quarterly basis in terms of performance. And if they're doing poorly, money can very, very quickly leave. Um, I can you know, take my investment and, and my time horizon, depending on our age, you know, our time horizon can be measured in decades. So we, we can look at a stock and say, you know what, it's having a, a bit of a tough time now, but it'll improve in time. Um, circumstances will come back to it and, and it'll then start to beat the market. And over the longer term, it'll beat that market. The second benefit we have is if you are a, a, a manager of money, you've probably got hundreds of millions, maybe billions in management, which means there's quite simply a large portion of the market that is uninvestable to you because it is just too small. So we as a private investor can go and engage and invest into those, those smaller cap stocks, um, which often have uh, uh, better returns or often more innovative, although and sometimes they're, they're old school type uh, 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 businesses, but it's an opportunity, it's a space where we can operate, where simply the, the large fund managers can't because they, that they, you know, there's stocks out there which are market cap of a couple of hundred million um, and a really, really large fund manager probably needs to buy a couple of hundred million rands of the stock to make it, you know, noticeable within their portfolio. And so they simply restrict it and, and, and unable to. And I guess lastly, because it certainly does sound like there is a place for private investors in the market, when you look at uh, what happened with GameStop, mm-hmm. Do you think that moves the needle in any way um, when it comes to shifting the dynamics between investment professionals and private individuals, you know, where the power lies in terms of making the market? 
I, I think I think it has, and, and I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, I I, I don't know that it's going to be a giant uh, shift, sort of in, in the league of of the pandemic or something like that. But I think what what you know, GameStop and, and the whole saga there has, in many cases, been billed as a you know a, a private investor sitting at home uh, trading against the, the the billionaire hedge funds and the like, and and that's not completely untrue, but it's also sort of painting over a lot of it. Make no mistake, some hedge funds lost billions of dollars during the GameStop uh, 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 as it played out, but uh, you know, others probably made as much uh, money. But it did. What it did do is, is it showed some weaknesses in the system in terms of of, of the processes around how the the, the, the the providers such as Robinhood, and I think it's highlighted that which a lot of people weren't perhaps aware of those processes, and I think that's uh, hugely important. Um, but but it also it showed a, 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 a sense of that that actually the 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 big hedge funds are, are sometimes wrong now. Yeah, GameStop was never worth $500 a share, um, but it equally probably wasn't worth $10 either. And it, it does suggest that, that that the private investor can, in a sense, sort of gang up. And, you know, there's lots to say against ganging up and, and, and the like. And, and, you know, there will be other GameStops that will probably fail as, spectac- as spectacularly as this one succeeded. But I think it has... Shaken uh, 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 sort of the industry to a degree, uh, raised some important questions, and I think one of the the, the issues which I hope doesn't come, which is a, a sort of a knee-jerk response to renewed regulation. I, I I'm not sure that we need regulation from the GameStop. I do think that, as I said, there were things that processes we were just unaware of that suddenly have been highlighted, and and frankly make for a more efficient market now that we have that awareness of, of exactly how the back end and the like actually works. So that's been us with uh, Simon Brown, who is the founder of uh, Just One Lap, an investment education platform, um, giving us some insight into um, some of the current investment trends at the moment. Um, more importantly, giving us uh, some frameworks and uh, just around how to pick stocks to invest in. And he's saying that in a lot of cases, um, there are, you know, flash in the pan events that can happen. Uh, but for the most part, if you apply, um, common sense and you just look at the real economy, uh, the issues that people are facing and the companies that are set to benefit and you look for companies that are providing essential goods and services especially during this time uh, then that might be a good approach um, when it comes to when it comes to the market. Also saying that he has nothing against the experts uh, but uh, you know it's always good to educate yourself if you can uh, you know simply because you do take away uh, that amount of um, you know that amount of uh, uh, fees and commissions that you would be paying over uh, but it's always good to get uh, that expert input wherever you can just ending off uh, talking about uh, the debate around uh, the recent GameStop uh, debacle and uh, you know what that actually means for exposing uh, some of the the systemic problems uh, when it comes to investments and the market so that's been it Simon, thank you so much for being with us. Absolute pleasure, always. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we come to the end of the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. You don't have to be a liker to like things. So like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. And follow them in brackets, voice of this. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. So that's been it for this edition of uh, the Business Buzz. I thank you so much to everyone who was listening. Thank you to Simon and thank you to Warren for just uh, coming on and sharing their insights with us around how you can start um, with uh, the stock market and how you can actually go about deciding what to invest in. Some thoughts is that, uh, you know, two big points. Firstly, you need to educate yourself. This is not one of those things that you can...
can uh, just go into because there is a real risk that you might lose your money and you know money makes the world go round we all need to put food on the table so don't gamble with your money and then the second thing is just the fact that um, as you heard um, you know throughout the show investing in the stock market has uh, historically provided some of the best returns um, that you can get out there so there is a value in getting involved now whether you're going to employ an expert to do it on your behalf or you do it for yourself um, there is value in getting in especially if uh, one of your goals is to you know provide and build some wealth for yourself or for your family let us know what you think have you been investing in the stock market are you an investor do you want to be an investor on facebook we have our female voice of vids you can find our other facebook page uh, that is uh, vids radio academy and then on twitter we're at VARFM and our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. You can also search for us on iono.fm for podcasts. Otherwise, you can turn to vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business to find all our great content there. So with that, we've reached the end of tonight's show. Uh, thank you so much to our amazing team. Our technical producer is Kutlano Serame uh, together with our producers uh, that is uh, Glory Mabuza together with the Lind Lem Sibi and Tando Klimba together with Simbarashe Honde. Uh, don't miss the business bar, same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of a business. Don't turn that down. We've got uh, more great content coming up on the Vow FM lineup. Otherwise, for myself, Mudio Mob, Justice Kavaza, and the rest of the team, it is take care. The business, business bus with Mudio Mob, Justice Kavaza. The Business Buzz Podcast.